Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Go. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host. Mauricio Rodriguez, here every single Sunday, uh, Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will get into that and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show but before we do any of that, though, let's get right into it. Turns out that the Cowboys are meeting with a big-name quarterback ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft, and that would be Tennessee Volunteer and the guy that at once appeared to be a QB capable of winning the SEC, maybe even winning the Heisman Trophy. But he suffered an ACL injury. There are some question marks about him as a prospect. But Hendon Hooker, definitely one of the biggest names at the quarterback position in the NFL draft, has met extensively, according to Ryan Fowler from D-Draft Network, pretty reliable guy, I would say, has met extensively with the Raiders, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Saints. All of these four teams have some level of quarterback need. Maybe the Giants already have their guy in Daniel Jones, but with the way things are going with their negotiations, you never know. But you could say that they could use a, a plan B, but the Raiders are a QB needy team, the Panthers as well, and the Saints too. And then Ryan Fowler also adds the Cowboys. So the tweet says, met extensively with these teams and the Cowboys during the pre-draft process per source. The dual threat talent is expected to be healthy and ready for training camp after suffering a turn ACL in November. So let's talk first and foremost just about Hendon Hooker overall. In the meantime, do me a favor and let me know in the chat, would you like or dislike drafting Hendon Hooker? And where would you like it? Like, if it does happen... Where would you want it to happen? Day one, day two, day three. Hendon Hooker is definitely a guy with an arm. He can throw the ball deep. That's what he did over at Tennessee when he was playing on Josh Heupel's offensive scheme that basically uh, has the wide receivers as close to the sideline as you can get them. That's what the Tennessee Volunteers did last season. And it was so fun to watch. There were these insane splits between the offensive line and the wide receivers, but Hendon Hooker could get the ball to them consistently. They could also connect with those deep throws, but it was also a very, very helpful offense to the quarterback. And even though it's not his fault, it's not something that you can hold against them, people will question whether it was the scheme, 
or whether it was the quarterback making those throws. And with the ACL injury, his draft stock just takes another hit. That could knock him off one round, even two rounds. Would be maybe a big number, especially if the expectation is for him to be ready to go come training camp. But clearly, an, a turn ACL in November can be an issue for some of these teams that might be looking for a guy that could potentially play as a rookie. That wouldn't be a case for the Cowboys, and we're not talking about replacing Dak Prescott or anything like that. But the Cowboys might not have a backup quarterback. Uh, Cooper Rush might hit free agency. We'll get into Cooper Rush in a little bit here on the show. So overall, would you like, dislike Hendon Hooker? And in which round, if you want to add some more insight, uh, which round would you think would make sense for Hendon Hooker? Let's see some of your comments in the chat. Let's get right into it. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Shout out to Toxic Tom. Shout out to Gilbert. Shout out to Jack. We've got Jack as well. Oh, Tommy. We also have Miller, Charlene Evans. Mark Aaron says, I like Hendon Hooker, but he will go too early. The thing is, I'm not entirely sure if he will. He is a quarterback. That is true. And quarterbacks tend to, you know, have their stocks pushed a little bit upward just because of the fact that they are a QB. But I thought it was interesting. For example, I will give you an example. Dame Brugler from The Athletic does not rank Hendon Hooker in his top 100. That raises an eyebrow here and there. There are some very, very good quarterbacks in this NFL draft. Not everyone sees Hendon Hooker as one of those guys. Even though at once, at one moment in time, he appeared to be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy in 2022. So this guy might actually drop all the way down to day three. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Uh, Jack says, I could say, I could say day two, says Jack. Seven round, says Gregory. That, that's basically a dislike. I would assume so. Toxic Tom says, depends on when he gets taken and who is on the board, which is, keep in mind, just a small parenthesis, this will always be the case. It doesn't matter if we're talking about offensive line or a wide receiver. This will always be the case when we talk about the NFL draft in prime time. So always take that with a, with a grain of salt. Always know that when we talk about the draft, we are talking about, it depends, it depends, it depends. So I see where Toxic Tom is coming from with this one. Tom and I want five says, I'm all for bringing in QBs. And just to tie this to my own answer, I'm the same. I am all in just taking darts at the quarterback position, especially in day three. I think that a third rounder would be a little bit high for a hand on hooker. Given the Cowboys situation, though, and once more, it all depends on who's available and whatnot. But overall, my expectations would be for the Cowboys to look at hand on hooker only if it's in day three. Because you do have some needs to take care of and you already have a quarterback. So I do think that's where best player available could get a little bit messy. Because if you can get something that you really need right now and the discussion is close, you might want to pass on the quarterback. But say that this is the fourth round or the fifth round, I could see the Cowboys being interested in Hendon Hooker, and I would love adding him. As I said, I know that 
there are some question marks about him. I think that he has improved every year. I think that that much is clear. He has a strong arm. Something interesting that I caught on the PFF draft guide, though, which could be seen as a knock on Hooker, is that although he is described as a dual threat running back because he can run the football when needed, he will usually, how to say this, he will usually just take off and run. But he will rarely throw the football when he does take off. And there was even like a an interesting number on the PFF draft guide that said, I think, what was the actual number? Fewer than 10 times did he throw on the run during the season. That, that will definitely raise some eyebrows. Because you think about Hendon Hooker, and yes, we have seen him take off and be successful at it. But you want to see him throw on the run in the NFL. We'll see what his real draft stock is when the time comes in the NFL draft. But interesting that this is the one guy that the Cowboys appear to be interested in at the quarterback position. Of course, we can forget about guys like Bryce Jong, CJ Stroud. Those are going to be taken early in the draft, like early, early. The Cowboys are not going to get into that discussion at all. But if we're talking about the players that the Cowboys could get later in the draft, Hendon Hooker appears to be one of them. Interesting report from Ryan Fowler. For those of you who are just joining the show, I will show you the tweet once more. Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker has met extensively with the Raiders, the Panthers, the Giants, Saints, and Cowboys during the pre-draft process. Something to keep an eye on during the 30 visits, the combine, all of that. You can never take too much. You know, you can never, excuse me, throw too much darts at the QB position. The last time that the Cowboys drafted a quarterback was in the seventh round of the NFL draft in 2020 when they take when they took XFL legend and absolute goat Ben DiNucci. And I think before that, it was Mike White, New York Jets legend Mike White. Let's see here. Um, Cowboy Brown says, I like quarterback Toon from the University of Houston for the Cowboys in the later rounds of the draft. Cam says, they were thinking about Stroud. Who were? The, the Cowboys? Nah. Nah, they were not thinking about Stroud. Come on. Uh, free agent. Was there, was there some noise about this on Cowboys Twitter or something? Because that's not the first comment that I see on CJ Stroud tonight. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say they're they're not really looking at CJ Stroud. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I really don't think so. Come on, let's let's was there some noise in, in Cowboys Nation that for some reason got started and maybe I missed? Let me know in the chat if I missed some sort of controversy over at Cowboys Twitter. Cause see, it happens, man. Sometimes these rumors will take off. But I can tell you that that's not that's not gonna happen uh gilbert says hooker the star speaks for itself says gilbert uh free agents says double r are the only for the next couple of years proven players is that what wait is what we must have to get to a bowl super bowl rink in the nfl is a whole different beast from than college so draft players take years to come around okay so from what i understood 
uh, from Double R is that, you know, you also need to add players through free agency. Tomorrow night, we have sort of a salary cap breakdown thing prepared. I think it's going to be so fun. Uh, so make sure that you tune in tomorrow night because we're going to get into the cash spending side of things for the Cowboys. There are some interesting numbers out there on how salary cap versus cash spending works. And then we'll also get into how much the Cowboys have spent over the last couple of years. Spoiler alert, it's pretty, pretty low. And just kind of a an overall philosophy that I found as to how to think about the salary cap. I will credit Andrew Brandt. He talked about it during his podcast. And I thought there was some very interesting insight to it. And we'll look at it tomorrow night with a Cowboys point of view. I wanted to do it tonight, but... Uh, the Hendon Hooker thing and then the coaching news seemed more relevant and urgent. So I pushed it to tomorrow night. Make sure you tune in. There was an article about a Cowboys liking him, but who doesn't like Stroud? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Man, nah, the Cowboys are not going to look at CJ Stroud. We, we kind of know that. Don't worry. Here at ADC Sports, we've got you covered the proper way, right? Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys are not are not targeting CJ Stroud seriously. Just going off by common sense. I don't have a source. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Just common sense. They're not gonna target CJ Stroud. Anyways, let's move on a little bit into the guy that makes the conversation even more interesting when it comes to the backup quarterback position. Because as I said previously, the Cowboys are not meeting extensively with Hendon Hooker to replace Dak Prescott. Chances are Dak Prescott is going to get extended. We talked about it on primetime a couple of weeks ago in case you want to go check that out. The Cowboys are better off extending Dak Prescott for salary cap purposes. And he's still the best shot available at the QB position for them. However... Bringing in somebody would likely be a replacement for Cooper Rush. And if you guys have seen what the Cowboys have done in the last couple of years, one of the things that they have done is they have gone 5-1 and one with Cooper Rush at the helm. And winning is a powerful drug. So as always, Cooper Rush has been positioned by many as one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. That might be fair. That might not be fair. My question, now I will actually save the question for a little bit longer, but we're going to get into the Freeman Mazda stat. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Kind of messed up the, the sound effect there uh, a little bit, but hey, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week one more time. Let's, let's try to get in it smoothly. So here we go. This is the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. It is related to Cooper Rush. Spoiler alert. And what I want to look at tonight is, number one, how good was he really for Dallas? And number two, what could be his actual price tag in free agency? Is he going to return or is he not going to return to the Dallas Cowboys? Let's look at it first, though, from an offensive point of view. Was he really as good as the 4-1 and one record would indicate? And I'm going to tell you a quick 
look at the numbers might suggest not. According to runningbackzdon'tmatter.com by Ben Baldwin, out of 39 QBs with a minimum of 183 plays, and these are quarterback plays, so essentially dropbacks, Cooper Rush ranked 34th in QB efficiency. And by the way, he had 183 plays. That's why I chose that minimum. 34th in QB efficiency out of 39 eligible quarterbacks. 27th in EPA per play. 38th in completion percentage over expectations. And 31st in success rate. In other words, yeah, the Cowboys were winning those games. How much of that was Cooper Rush's play, though? Because it seems to me, and this is the same thing that we talked about during the actual regular season when this was going on, it was the defense winning those games for Dallas. It was their insisting, unrelenting pass rush. And it was also a very solid game plan with a backup quarterback. And I know that we have had a lot of complaints about what Kellen Moore did. We have had, we have had some compliments for him. And I think that one of those compliments has to be what happened when Cooper Rush was at the wheel. Because the Cowboys were smart. I mean, they didn't come out there and scheme wide receivers open all of the time. But they just played smart football. And that's the way that they won four games without Dak Prescott at the wheel. But the numbers speak for themselves. And Cooper Rush was not this magical backup quarterback that deserves a shot to start elsewhere, or that is a surefire bet as a rich quarterback for a team that might want to give his uh, young player, you know, some time, not force throwing him to the wolves in the NFL. So when I look at this, I'm not entirely sure that he will get as much money as some of us thought originally. Now, let me give you some names that will be free agents. This offseason, there are some big names that, of course, are probably going to get signed or franchise tagged or whatever. Like, for example, Lamar Jackson is obviously going to get tagged at worst. Uh, Geno Smith is likely to get signed to a good deal. Daniel Jones likely to at least be tagged by the New York Giants if they don't reach a long term extension first. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that can actually start. Baker Mayfield somewhere in between, maybe. But then we do get into those guys that are surefire backups. Like they are going to get to a team and they're going to be backups. They're not going to be the plan A. Jacoby Brissett, he played with the Browns last year. He signed a deal for $4.65 million. Gardner Minch is going to hit free agency, but he's on a rookie deal. So we don't know exactly how NFL teams will react to him. But he's a guy that will draw some attention in the market. Teddy Bridgewater signed a $6.5 million deal with the Miami Dolphins. Sam Darnold is also going to hit free agency. Then I got a couple of guys that will not be free agents, but that are well-known names that signed decent figures in the market recently. Tyrod Taylor, an average value per year of $5.5 million when he signed with the Bills, a two-year deal. 
And then Mitchell Trubisky also signed a two-year deal with the Steelers, $7 million on average. So is Cooper Rush actually going to get paid as much as many people assumed? My question from me to you is, will Cooper Rush return to the Cowboys, yes or no, in 2023? Let me know in the chat. That is a question of the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. As always, remember that this is a family-owned business, has been so for over 65 years. And you can check out all of their vehicles over at their dealership in Irving, Texas. Or you can check out their website over at FreemanMazda.net in there. You can see their wide range of new and used vehicles, as well as the features of every car, the pictures of the inside and outside of the vehicle. And as always, here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, we do have the ride of the week. And in this case, it is the 2023 CX-5 2.5S Carbon Edition All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at 40 at 32,000 excuse me $390 it's got a sunroof it's got all wheel drive wi-fi hotspot premium audio heated leather memory foam sitting and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city that goes up to 30 when you are in the highway so without any further ado check out freemanmazda.net and we will get into your answers here on the show too do you think Cooper Rush will return to the Cowboys in 2023, yes or no? Let's get to it. Uh, a lot of Chargers comments. That's my first reaction from the chat right now. Sean goes, he's going to the Chargers. Trevor says Chargers. Bruce goes with the Chargers as well. Hey. He, he could he could be a charger. He could reunite with, you know, Kellen Moore's offense. Toxic Tom says, I bet that Jerry thinks Josh is, uh, Rush is Garrett. <laughs> Gilbert says, Cooper Rush will be a back. We'll be back because nobody's going to pay him top dollar for his starting quarterback. Tom915 says, don't think so, but I would bring him back. Katharina says, no, he won't. Cam says, 50-50 chance on Rush, which is more or less how I feel. I'm not going to lie. Dwayne Brown says, hope not. Alex says, no, he will not return. Double R goes with yes. Trevor says, I hope so. Gregory goes with yes. Lost in translation goes with yes, too. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with no. That is my gut feeling. I don't think that he comes back. I wouldn't rule it out without, I mean... I have my doubts because I don't think that he's going to get paid a lot for a backup quarterback in the market. I don't think so. I think the number might be closer to $3 million, actually, what he does end up signing his deal from, you know, based on the numbers, based on the numbers that we saw last year and the names that are expected to be available once more this offseason. But I will say, I'm not sure that you are completely convinced of wanting him back in the first place. Part of what made him successful, even though it was a limited offense, was that he knew the offense pretty well. He had been working in, in a similar 
scheme since 2017, since the moment that he arrived to the league. He might be the cerebral quarterback that knows the system. But if Mike McCarthy is going to install a West Coast offense, some of that might go away. Specifically, judging by Dak Prescott's own calculations, 20 to 30%. I don't know how real that number is. I mean, interesting comment by Dak, but I don't know how much we can take away from that, if anything. But I can see the Cowboys just wanted to move on, maybe targeting somebody late in the NFL draft, or maybe bringing in somebody else like Will Greer, Toxic Tom mentions. We know that he's been around Dallas for a while now. Oh, no, Tommy915. Unfortunately, I, I wish I was. Unfortunately, I am not. I remember. I remember Matt Flynn, and I remember the Matt Flynn game. <laughs> Unfortunately, man, I wish I was young enough uh, to not remember it. Tommy915 says, well, you're probably too young to remember Matt Flynn. I wish. I wish that I was. <laughs> so I don't want to remember that. Uh, anyways, let's get into some news before we get out of here. Because uh, there were some expected news, maybe. But this pretty much rounds out what the Cowboys had to look for. In the coaching staff world, they now have finalized some hires slash promotions. Here we go. This is from Todd Arker over at ESPN. Cowboys coaching staff updates per multiple sources tweeted out Todd. Jeff Blasco has moved on from assistant offensive line coach to run game coordinators slash running backs coach, essentially taking over a Skip Pitt's old role. Uh, Blasco has been with the Cowboys since 2020. He is a Mike McCarthy guy. Spent like uh, three years from 2016 to 2018. He was with the Green Bay Packers, the McCarthy Packers, of course. And then also Scott Tolson will be Corey Beck's coach. We know that Tolson is also a McCarthy guy. Played with the Packers from 2013 to 2015. Has been with the Cowboys since 2020 in the coaching staff, you know, behind the scenes maybe. And then Scott McCurley will retake the linebacker spot. We knew that one. And he's going to be aided by Darian Thompson, the former Cowboys safety. And then Cannon Matthews will be the assistant defensive backs coach. Cannon Matthews has also been around for a while now. And now he gets to be assistant defensive backs coach for the Cowboys. So some, I mean... I'm not going to say that we can take much away from this other than the fact, and I will throw out the question in the chat as well. You will tell me if, if I'm right or wrong. But I think that this is the culmination of what we had already been seeing for a while. This is Mike McCarthy's coaching staff. McCarthy had some of these guys in lesser roles, maybe waiting for their shot. And when things didn't pan out, now that Mike McCarthy is getting the opportunity to call the plays and to install the offense, he said, you know what? Let me do it my way. Let me do it with my guys, with my coaching staff. There are some pros and some cons to that. Uh, the cons is obviously just nepotism, maybe. Uh, you bring in people that you know, you know worked with you previously, just because of that. 
but also there are some pros to it, I would assume. And I keep thinking back as, at what Bill Walsh used to say about coaching. He said that, you know, the head coach has a vision and then he brings in essentially yes man to execute that vision without any sort of conflict. There are some flaws to that philosophy, obviously, for obvious reasons. But there might be something positive about McCarthy taking over and getting his guys in there. Now, Sean is right. Gary did get rid of some McCarthy guys. Uh, Joe Philbin is perhaps the one guy that is super notable. Some people have said that it has to do with health issues. Uh, some people have said that it was mainly economical. Joe Philbin was one of the highest paid offensive line coaches in the entire league. So maybe that also has to do with it. But tough to tough to know what happens at the end of the day. It will once more fall back on what Mike McCarthy does as a play caller and as the offensive architect of this team. It won't be like other years in which you are judging McCarthy for some stuff and then Kellen Moore specifically for the offensive performance and Dan Quinn for the defensive performance. This seems like on the offensive side of things, it will all fall on McCarthy. It will all fall on McCarthy. That is very clear. Uh, Bruce says, as long as the coaches don't get hot sauce in their eyes, then the nepotism won't be as bad, Mo, says Bruce over on YouTube. Do you remember that? <laughs> Oh, man, that Mike Nolan year was so, so weird. It was crazy because players were done with them. Done. Let's see here. Joe says, Mo, I would actually look into bringing Gardner Minshew as a backup and cut Cooper Rush. Well, you don't have to cut Cooper Rush because he's going to be a free agent. So there's not a need to actually cut him. He's, he will just hit free agency. Uh, but I wouldn't mind looking into Gardner Minshew. I wouldn't like looking into any of those backup quarterbacks. But they're expensive, like way more expensive than a lesser known name. So we'll see what route the Cowboys want to take there. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on A to Z Sports Dallas Primetime. Tomorrow, we're going to have an interesting show. We're going to talk about the salary cap. We're going to talk about... Cash spending versus cap, basically. Where did the Cowboys rank among spending teams? And also, we're going to lay out sort of a philosophy that Andrew Brandt revealed. Not revealed, maybe like shared, broke down. And I think it's a helpful way to think about the, the, the salary cap. So we'll get into all of that. Tonight, uh, tomorrow night on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. In the meantime, I hope that you guys enjoy your Wednesday night and we will see you. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for tuning in. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream if you like the show. Check out FreemanMazda.net. They make this show possible. And also check out the website over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, Gregory. Thank you, Gilbert. We've got um, Inez Gomez as well. Charlene Evans, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Va a ser jueves. Último show de la semana. Bye-bye.